This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Right, let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, as always, for gathering us here tonight. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, uh, I ask for Your direction now. Please enable me to speak the message You would have delivered. Please enable us to hear and understand. Lord, um, empower us so that daily, Lord, we may uh, seek You we may walk in Your Spirit. Lord, that we may be uh, effective as witnesses bring glory and honor to Your name. Thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> We're still kind of looking at a, a practical aspect of... Um, Holiness here, I think it's what, uh, well, pretty much what the whole book's dealing with here. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to start reading in verse 11. Let me read verse 6 too. I won't won't read all the way down, but just to kind of put us in... uh, mind here. Last week when we went through these few verses, I mentioned um, how they how they are well, verses seven through ten are in between these two bookmarks, verse six and verse eleven, where he instru- where Paul instructs Timothy to uh to teach these things that he's telling Timothy. Um, verse 6, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. And then where we pick up tonight, verse 11, these things command and teach. Okay, so let's read 11 through 16. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Amen. Alright, so we've got verse 11. These things command... And teach. Um, can you command someone to be godly? Someone to be, let, let's say it this way. Can you command someone to be holy? 
because I think when we use, when Paul uses the term uh, several times here, godly, godliness, um, which uh, I told you before, I usually, just as a simple definition, I like to define that as godlikeness. Um, we are, there's a sense in which we are to imitate God. There's a sense in which we are like God. We, we, we bear His image. But as Christians, um, we're instructed to be imitators of God. Mimics, literally, is the word. Imitate God. Mimic God. We're to be like Him. And we've talked quite a bit um, about what that, uh, what that is, what that means. I want to continue there tonight. Um, with this command to godliness. Command to be godly. And I think um, the term godliness could, could be taken as synonymous with holiness. Two different words, but if uh, again, if you look at how they're used and, and uh, the way they're applied, I think they're essentially talking about the same thing. So, for example, um, we, we have a command. If you uh, hold your spot here and look over at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That, that very uh, uh, phrase there is the idea of get ready for action. You know, they would uh, pick up their, their, uh, their robes and the idea is being, being ready to, you know, to run or fight or whatever, whatever's going on. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the prize set before us. That's the goal. That's the reward. The grace that is to be brought um, to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, rest your hope fully upon that grace. 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, back when you didn't know. Don't, don't live like you did back when you didn't know. Don't conform to the old man, but live as obedient children with your, with your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 15, But as He who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct. Now, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Conduct. Lifestyle. Be holy in all of your conduct. All of your living. All of your life. Same thing that Paul is instructing Timothy to do and instructing Timothy to instruct the Ephesian believers to do in 1 Timothy. So, Peter, again, says, uh, As he who... As He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Quote from Leviticus 11 and Leviticus 19. So, so there's the command. Be holy as He who called you is holy. In other words, be like Him. Mimic Him. That's quite a standard, isn't it? (laughs) 
I remember uh, having a discussion years ago with uh, uh, my brother-in-law, who's an atheist, um, and uh, I, I don't remember the particular point that I was making, but you know, just talking about the Christian life and and uh, Christianity in general, whatever whatever part of it we were in at the moment, we went through some lengthy discussions. But at any rate, he said he said that's a high standard, and I said, oh, it's it's the highest. It's the highest. And that's what Peter does here. He, he sets the standard as high as it can go. Be ye holy as He is holy, as the Lord who called you is holy. Now, I think this is what Paul is still talking about in 1 Timothy 4. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.11, rather. He, he still has godliness in view, um, which encompasses several things, some of which we'll talk about, but few things we've already talked about, for example, is embracing truth and rejecting error. Um, living in obedience to the Lord, like, like uh, uh, Peter says it, where we, just, where we just read. And then Paul says here that uh, bodily exercise, verse 8, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So he's he's got he's got that in view, godliness. And this is our goal, verse ten, for to this end we both labor and strive or suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God. That's interesting, isn't it? Paul Paul sets that out there as kind of the, the motivation uh or or the reason behind doing what we do. We 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 strive we work and we strive toward godliness because we trust in the living God. And it's basically the same thing Peter is saying in First Peter 1. Um, he says, Gird up your loins. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, trust the living God, uh, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So Peter saying, because you have this hope set before you, be holy. And Paul saying, because we trust in the living God, our aim is godliness. And now he gives the command, verse 11. These things... Command and teach. This is a command to command. <laughs> Paul is commanding Timothy to command these things to his hearers, to his believers. Paul using his apostolic authority over Timothy um, commands him to use his pastoral authority. You command, as much like he did back in, in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. As I urged you, Paul says, when I went into Macedonia, uh, that you remain in Ephesus, that you may charge, it's the same word there, command, that you may command some that they teach no other doctrine. So there he's saying command some what not to do. Here he's saying command them what to do. These things... Command and teach. Well, what things? That's the question, right? Verse 11, these things command and teach. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm telling you, commanding you, 
to command others these things. What things is he talking about? Well, could be talking about verse 10, that last phrase. Um, or, or verse 9 and 10, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance. For this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Um, could be talking about um, things that he's about to say. Uh, I, I think probably the, what I'm inclined to, to uh, 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 take it as here is he's just referring to everything he's talking about. Everything he's talking about here in this epistle. Like chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself. Remember that? We talked about that. That's, that's kind of the, uh, the key verse of the whole epistle, you know, his reason for writing. I write so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the household of God, which is the assembly of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And so now he's saying, you, Timothy... Command and teach these things. I'm telling you so that you'll know how to conduct yourself now. You do the same. You go and command them to the church. Command these things and teach. So in other words, he's talking about godliness. He's, he's, commanding, he's commanding godliness. Here's how we are to conduct ourselves as the family of God, as the household of God. Here's how we're to act. Um, so what I, what I want to do t- tonight, um, just uh, really just, just dealing with uh, primarily with this command in verse 11, is, is ask two questions. Number one, what would that look like? In other words, what are we talking about when we, when we talk about godliness? And number two, how, how do we do it? How, how, how do I personally, if I, if I want to obey this command, if I want to obey the Lord's command in 1 Peter 1, be ye holy, what do I do? What do I do in order to do that? So, what does it look like, first of all? And then secondly, uh, how do I do it? And, and these aren't, uh, brand new things. We've, we've talked about <laughs> some of these things quite a bit. Alright, um, so here's what I've got in, in view. These things command and teach. And then he goes on to say, let no one despise your youth, obviously because uh, uh, we, um, we don't know how old Timothy was, but um, you know, youth is kind of a relative term, isn't it? But... Uh, uh, he was young enough <laughs> that some might think he was too young to be commanding them, I guess. So, so Paul says, don't let anyone despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Now, again, just uh, some, some kind of uh, uh, general terms there, but all having to do with godliness, the descriptions of godliness. So he's saying, I'm commanding you to teach these things, that is, the, uh, the importance of godliness, the profitableness of godliness, 
And I'm commanding you, Timothy, to be an example. Like, like uh, uh, model it, in other words. The, the word there is type. Where we get our word type. You be a type to the believers. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna example godliness for them uh, in your word, in your speech, in your conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, there's several, again, several terms there um, that give us some good clues at what what godliness is. What is Paul talking about? And then some further instruction we'll have to come back to, but, he, but just to mention it briefly, he says, Now, do this till I come. Uh, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and teaching. And don't neglect the gift that is in you, with, uh, that was, which was given you by prophecy with laying on of the hands of the eldership. And then again, verse 15, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And remember, he's just, he's just commanded him, you're to be an example. Uh, you're to be an example of godliness. Example in conduct, word, love, spirit, faith, purity. Meditate on these things, Paul says to Timothy. Give yourself entirely to them. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require that kind of focus. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Paul, Paul wants uh, Timothy to be serious about godliness uh, so that uh, he's an example for the church that he's, uh, that he's shepherding. And then a little... Uh, Admonition here, warning, take heed to yourself and to the teaching. There that is again. Keep seeing that. Take heed to yourself and to the teaching. Continue in them. There's another imperative. And it's full of imperatives right here. Uh, you know, uh, give attention, command, meditate, take heed, continue. All kinds of imperatives here. He, he is... Commanding Timothy, um, do this. Be committed to it. Be serious about it. Continue in them, that is, continue in the doctrine, in the teaching, uh, and in these things. For in doing this, this is quite a statement, the last part of verse 16. For in doing this, if you're committed to godliness, if you're committed to preaching godliness, teaching godliness, if you're committed to exampling godliness, if you're willing to give your whole self to this, in doing so, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, that sets the stakes uh, really, really high. Paul doesn't doesn't seem to have a uh, a light attitude about about church, about doing church, about Christianity, about living for Christ. Um, I think of Philippians 
two, for example, you know, work out your own. It's similar, a similar idea to what we have here. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's, it's serious, serious business, Paul's saying. He's saying, attend to it, like he tells Timothy here. Do it. Attend to it. Be holy or be godly. Now, what, what would that look like? Well, we talked about this some um, back, let's see, earlier in this chapter when we talked about some of the false doctrine. Uh, forbidding to marry, verse 3, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. And we went to a few different places like uh, Romans 14, for example, which is primarily what I have in mind right here. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And we talked about where sin is, where, you know, where our problem is, it's not outside of us, it's inside of us. So it's not things like marriage or certain foods or drink. Problem's not outside of us. It's not something that might defile us if we touch it or do it. It's, in fact, quite uh, the contrary. It's us defiling things because the problem's in us. Sin is in us. And so the answer for that is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's, that's uh, where true godliness is. It, it's, it's an inner work, in other words. It's God doing something on the inside of us and then, and then it works out from there. So, again, real quickly, here's the command. Command and teach these things. And again, I I think he's talking about godliness. So, he's saying, Timothy, you set yourself up as an example as godliness, and you command others to be godly. Command these things and teach them. Well, what would godliness look like? Just a few minutes left. But I'm going to just give you a couple of examples here. And, And there are way, way too many. Um, but we'll get the general idea. Matthew 25. <clears throat> Probably familiar with this passage. Uh, Jesus is describing the uh, judgment day. Um, he says in verse 31, Matthew 25:31, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all holy angels with the holy angels with Him. Then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides His sheep from the goats. Now, listen to what He says here in dealing with His sheep. Verse 33, And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on His left hand. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, that is, His sheep, Come, you blessed of My Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. Now, here's what I want to listen for. Listen to how he characterizes his sheep, his people. This, this, is, the, this is the conduct. This is their manner of conduct. Their, their, uh, their 
life that they were living. Verse 35, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you? Now, you, you can imagine. They're thinking, we don't, we, don't remember, we don't remember seeing you, Lord. We don't remember doing these things for you. So they say, when did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And you read the rest of it, and they, I mean, they, they enter into eternal life. Their life was characterized by clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, Visiting those sick or in prison. Godliness. Look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What does godliness look like? First Corinthians thirteen, verse four. Probably should read the whole passage, but we'll just read a few verses out here. Verse four: <clears throat> Love suffers long and is kind. And you probably know, but the, the word love here is the Greek word agape, uh, strong, strong word for love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own, is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bear, that is love, bears all things. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never Fails. Turn over to First Thessalonians chapter five. Now, I'm just giving you some that come to mind. The, the, the obviously the, the New Testament is full of this. <laughs> They're full of full of examples of godliness. It's amazing, isn't it? How we how we we have. So much of this uh, uh, evidenced here what what God declares to be like Him in character and how He declares that we live. And yet, um, throughout church history, we've we've had human beings, we've had a a tendency to um, set up other standards that... uh, we can call godliness. You know, maybe a dress code, maybe a diet, um, whatever, you know. Uh, something that we can kind of get our, get our heads and hands around a little bit, that we can handle a little better. When, when, you, when you set a standard like 
Love one another as I have loved you. Well, the natural man doesn't like that. So it's much easier if we say, look, just make sure your dress goes down to your ankles. Just make sure you don't cut your hair or your beard, you know. That is, you know, talking about men when I say beard. <laughs> I didn't mean, you know, women, hair and beard, but... Uh, you know, we, we come up with things like that because it's, it's much easier to do, right? Much easier for the natural man to do. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I have to remind myself of that constantly, because so often we're on this... uh, um, It's it's not always wrong to seek God's will. Don't don't misunderstand me here. But so often we, we... we get so caught up in seeking God's will, seeking God's will, seeking God's will, and it seems to me Paul is basically saying here, you're living God's will. Now give thanks. Give thanks in everything because this is God's will for you. I mean, he, he can, you know, get you where He wants you and He can, he can do the, the uh, step guiding and directing. Uh, just... just just be caught up in Him. Rejoicing always, giving thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verse 19, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. I should say one more thing. I always, uh, I think the correct way to take uh, verses 18 and 19 is together. In other words, Paul saying, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Suggesting that not giving God thanks in all things may be quenching the Spirit. So then verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18. Verse 15. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, 
in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking, and, and I think I mentioned this before, but the, the tense of the verb there, it's, it's verse 18. Be being filled. He's talking about a continual process. Be being filled with the Spirit. So, uh, don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is and be being filled with the Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. Well, that sounds similar, doesn't it, to First Thessalonians 5? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. Be holy. Be godly. I mean, these, these what, what Paul is talking about, it's, it's, it's commanded through, throughout the New Testament, throughout the book of Timothy, that how to conduct yourselves as the household of God. Make godliness a goal and then work, strive, agonize for it. Because you trust in the living God and because you have the hope um, of the revelation of Christ at the last day. Be godly. Make it a goal. Command these things, Paul says. Well, real quickly, and we'll probably have to pick up on this next time. I'll just mention it here. So what I'm suggesting is, is, is all those things, that's what godliness looks like. Now, how do, how do you do it? How do, how do you be, uh, how, do, how do you get, if I can say it that way, how do you get the kind of love we read about in those passages? 1 Corinthians 13, for example. How does a husband love his wife as Christ loved the church? How does a wife submit to her husband? How do we properly submit to one another? How do we have a passion for the needy? How do we get moved to meet the needs of those who need clothes or food or those who are sick or in prison? How do we get motivated to do those things? How do we do it? If that's what godliness is, if godliness is being like God, and I would suggest that's what it is, essentially everything we just read would be, would be seen perfectly, wouldn't it, in, in Jesus Christ. And, and you read the Gospels and you, and you see how Christ dealt with people and what He did. 
He, he modeled it perfectly. Now, how do we do that? Well, like I said, I'm just going to have to mention them here and we'll deal with them later. But um, <clears throat> prayer. Remember, First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. The Word is the Bible, the Word of God. A steady, steady diet of the Word of God. Remember Ephesians 5? The washing of the water of the Word. It, it, it cleanses. Or John 17, 17, Jesus prays to the Father and He says, Sanctify them, which is what we're talking about, being, being sanctified. Sanctify them by Your truth, Father. Your Word is truth. So, praying... Reading, uh, fellowship, like Hebrews 10, forsake not the assembling of, of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but it's exhort one another, especially as that day approaches. Some hints of it are here in, uh, in our passage here in, in uh, 1 Timothy 4. Look at what Paul tells Timothy to do in verse 13. Till I come, give attention to reading. Now remember, he's talking about conducting yourself in the household of God. So, uh, I would suggest he's, he's talking about public reading here. When you come together, give yourselves or give attention to reading and to exhortation. Or some translations say preaching there because it, it, it is a form of the word uh, kaleo or, or uh, uh, yeah, the form of it slips my mind at the moment. But at any rate, it's, it's, it's translated in some places preaching to herald. So give attention to reading, to exhortation or preaching, to teaching. And each one of these has uh, the article in front. So the reading, the exhortation, the Teaching. He's talking about, obviously, uh, what kind of teaching? Sound teaching. Teaching that accords with godliness, like we saw earlier on. And then he says, simply meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them. Take heed to yourself and the teaching, the doctrine. Continue in them. Another way again of saying, do these things, continue in them, and in doing so you will save yourself and those who hear you. Because godliness, verse 8 says, has promise of this life, a life that now is, and of that which is to come. So he's, he's commanding godliness. He's saying, make it your goal to be godly, to live in obedience to Christ, to live in conformity with the will of God. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for Your Word and, uh, Lord, for the empowering uh, empowerment of Your Spirit without which... Uh, None of this would be possible for us to love one another in a real sense. Impossible. But for your 
but for your spirit within us. Working these things out. And we pray, Lord, uh, enable us to do what your word is instructing us to do daily. Making this a goal in our lives to be godly in all situations. To be spirit-controlled. so that you are glorified. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation, which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.